This is Viterbi Voices, the podcast, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more directly from our faculty, students, and other members of the engineering community here at the University of Southern California. This is episode 81, brought to us by Camila. Tune in to hear Camila, Aaron, and Juan talk about their experiences conducting interdisciplinary research in some of the coolest labs here at USC. Welcome to Viterbi Voices. Uh, this is episode... 81. 81. Uh, as usual, I am your one of your co-hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Rhea Chowdhury. I'm a junior studying biomedical engineering here at USC. And for this episode, we have another special co-host here to bring us another episode, uh, another micro-series, mini-series episode of This Viterbi Life. So, hi everyone, I'm Camila, and this episode is all about undergraduate research. And I just talked to a couple of my friends, there's so much research going on at USC, and you kind of forget how cool it is. So, I got to talk to people and just get reminded about all the cool things that are happening and the little things that they do in the lab that are actually amazing. And it's just my friends, so you forget all the cool things that they're doing. That they're doing on the side. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I think there's a really cool moment in there where you're talking with one of of your interviewees, and she's talking about how they're literally the only people in the world or the country or something doing this kind of research. And I was like, that is so sick. That is so cool. And that's that's kind of how research works in general, right? It's an opportunity to really break ground in new fields. And you get to do that as a college student, which is so awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, one thing that separates USC from other institutions is that we are a research institution. Um, we are a PhD granting research institution. So we, uh, our, our university as a whole grants up to the PhD level across all of our academic areas. Um, the university conducts uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of research every single year. The Viterbi School uh, does almost half of that the university's research budget with about $185 million in externally funded research every single year wow. here in the engineering school. That's almost a million dollars per faculty member. It's one of the highest what? amounts of research <laughs> wow. per faculty member. Yeah, uh, one of the highest amounts of research per faculty member of, of almost any engineering school in the world. Uh, so there's a lot of research happening here in the engineering school at USC. And so that it's no surprise to me that, uh, you know, undergrads have a lot of opportunities to do research. Um, but what's yeah. interesting is that, you know, as you guys are doing research or as you're talking to your friends, it's almost like a, just a common thing and people yeah. don't, don't make a big deal out of it. So yeah. therefore they kind of forget that, it, that it's a big deal. Yeah. That's, I think that was the coolest part of recording this episode that everyone's doing research and it's kind of easy to get involved. So hearing everyone's specific research that they're doing and it's like oh yeah you work in the Armani lab that's so cool but actually listening to them and getting to know the oh I'm working with the lasers that then turn into biomedical devices little details that get lost in the overall oh I'm doing research yeah. answer yeah. on a day-to-day it's, yeah it's yeah. so cool on a yeah. day-to-day kind of routine thing like oh I gotta go to ultimate frisbee practice then I gotta go do research for two hours then I gotta yeah. do my homework yeah <laughs> part of your day but to for like our audience understand like uh, I think people make it so routine or they, they I think they think it's a routine because it is pretty common yeah. and so we forget that no, this, this is a big deal yeah big deal. working <laughs> yeah. with faculty and graduate students and doing actual research and doing real life work and mm-hmm. actually getting published in yeah. papers as an undergrad yeah, that yeah. happens a lot um, so how, how many people did we talk to for this? So I spoke to two but the conversations were pretty in-depth um, and we got to learn about 
biomedical engineering devices that she's an electrical engineer that is doing the laser aspect of biomedical engineering devices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we spoke to Juan, who's do, who worked in um, the environmental engineering lab, and he did water purification using different um, microbes. So it was really cool. Oh, yeah. cool. That's awesome. So uh, this is dealing with the Armani lab on one hand, and is it Kelly Sanders' lab or Dr. Childress's lab? Do we know? I forgot the name of the <laughs> faculty member. <laughs> Hopefully we'll find out more because there's a lot of stuff going on with water research inside yeah. the environmental engineering program. So very cool. Well, uh, you know, with that, let's just get out of the way and get right into the episode. And Camille, you could take it from here and uh, tell us all about these these people. Okay, great. <laughs> Hello, Viterbi Voices listeners. It's Camila here. I'm a sophomore studying civil engineering with an emphasis in building science. And today, this podcast is all about undergraduate research. So there's many different ways to get involved with research here at USC. There's a huge amount of research going on, and you can get involved as soon as your freshman year. And we're going to talk to some students who have taken advantage of that opportunity here at USC. On this episode, we'll be listening to Aaron Gallegos, who works in a lab that specializes in biomedical engineering devices. We'll also be listening to Juan Rincon, who works in a lab that researches different bacteria that can improve water purification. Okay. Hi, I'm Erin Gallegos. Um, I'm a sophomore studying electrical engineering, and I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, And I know Camila through SHIP, Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. And I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks for coming. I know you have a busy life. We all do. We all engineers do. So I appreciate you coming out and just telling us a little bit about your research. So I work in the Armani Lab here at USC, and I started last fall, so the start of my sophomore year, um, and basically what I did was email her a little application. This is a little bit not super characteristic of most ways that undergrads get research. A lot of times it's just an email to a professor and you can start talking to them about the lab, but for um, Professor Armani's lab, I wrote a couple personal statements about why I was interested in research, and then we did a phone interview since I was in Albuquerque during the summer. Then I started working in the fall, and I am getting to work on a project where I'm building lasers, and it's so cool. <laughs> so does our money lab have many different projects, and you are specifically in lasers, or how does that work? Yeah, so our lab has is, like, very cross-disciplinary. So we have, I'm an electrical engineer, but there's also physics people, biomedical engineers, chemical engineers, material scientists, pretty much people from all different sorts of backgrounds, because the lab's overarching goal is to be like improve biotech but I what I'm really interested in is optics and photonics so like the studies of light and so my project specifically is a laser-based project and so I'm developing lasers but other people in the lab some people are doing like a malaria testing device and they get to 3d print stuff yeah and other people are building little nanowires so like super minuscule I guess, materials that can be used for biomedical applications. So even though my project isn't specifically a biomedical project, like the laser that I'm making, um, the goal for that is to use it for, like, biosensing capabilities. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's really awesome because I get to be with people from all different backgrounds and, like, different ages, and it's really cool. Yeah. Tell us about the culture in your lab. So you have people from different majors, and, I mean, I'm I'm sure you work with a Ph.D. student. What's that like? Yeah. So I have a PhD student who's a mentor. 
Um, and all the undergrads, we all have mentors that are PhD students. Um, and our lab is pretty big. So we have uh, right now a lot of PhD students and we have about two to three undergrads per class. So there's three people who are sophomores right now who are doing undergraduate research. And um, in the class above us, there's also three. And then there's like, I want to say four or five graduating seniors from the lab. So it's really awesome to be surrounded with other undergrads that are doing research. And does does the Dr. Marnie do that on purpose? Like yes. have someone from every year? That's yes. so cool. Yeah. So her That's like, so beautiful. one of her goals and one of the things, the reasons that I really like being in the lab is that she really wants undergrads to be involved. Yeah. So I don't feel like I'm just in there with a bunch of PhD students who know what's going on and like I just mm. don't know what's going on because there's a lot of people in the same boat and it feels like my experience is really important to her. That's so awesome. I feel like I learn a lot and I can ask questions and I'm not like scared to ask questions and there's other undergrads in there and we like have become friends and it's really awesome. And are they all electrical engineers as well in your specific research or are they all from different majors as so, well? For I have my own project and pretty much each of us have our own project, which That's is what? so cool. That's insane. Yeah, so we get to like I basically every kind of, single undergrad pretty has much. their own project. Yeah, pretty much, and it's with guided by a PhD student. So it's like we get to do have our foot in our like own research and work on our own project. So, That's crazy. So like for my project, my mentor is actually getting his PhD in material science, which is not that close to electrical engineering. Um, but it's since my project has some material elements to it, it works really well. And then the other undergrads that are in my year, their names are Josh and Christina. And Josh is a chemical engineer and Christina is biomedical. And they're working on a project together, um, the malaria testing device. I'm not mm. totally sure exactly what it all is. Yeah, but it's, yeah. yeah but it's cool because we're all from different backgrounds and we all bring things together and like help each other because they have some circuit stuff and so I try to help them with that. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. So did you get to pick your project? You got to kind of focus around it or she told you well this is what we're doing and like you can pick like how, how did that work out yes. that you got to do what you were interested in yeah. from the get-go? Yes, yeah, so um, when I interviewed I talked to her about my interest in optics, photonics, and it worked well with her lab since that was a big area that they focus on. Um, and basically, she had a couple projects that my mentor was working on on the side of his main projects. Um, and so I got to talk to him about which one of those that I would want to be on. And so I chose this one with developing these little tiny micro lasers. So I basically had a couple that had been started and some other students had worked on before. And I basically got to choose what I was most interested in of the projects that were going on in the lab. Um, and since I've been able to, like, understand what's going on, I might be able to, if I finish this project, I might be able to, like, choose kind of what direction I take my research in afterwards. So it's, there's, like, a lot of freedom, but at the same time it's really guided, which for me is, like, the perfect the ideal, balance. Yeah, it's, like, the ideal situation. Because you get to explore topics that, like yeah. in a more hands-on setting, but yeah. still have the room to mess up. Exactly, exactly. Because someone's there to catch you if you do and yeah. like help you out to make sure yeah. that the project goes well in the end. Yes, and I have definitely made my like fair share of what has, mistakes. What has been like the biggest mistake? <laughs> my very first time of like actually doing research, um, I was carrying my samples in this little gel box, this little plastic box where we keep the little chips in. 
Um, and I was walking up the stairs in our building, and I tripped, and all the samples fell, and all got all mixed up. Oh no! And, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm never gonna be forgiven. They're not gonna. They're gonna kick me out of the lab. I've only been here for like two weeks." Um, but my mentor was like, "Oh no, it's fine. Like then you get just get to do more practice and like get to make them again. That's awesome. and it's fine." And like because I think I think when okay, so in class it's like very um, like not hypothetical, but, like, you're solving problems yeah. from a textbook or, like, from text. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, like, kind of easier for you to accept making a mistake because you just can, like, erase it yeah. and redo the problem. But in research, I feel like people are, are scared to get into it because they're scared of, like, messing up someone's project. But it's so cool that it's, like, really a supportive environment yeah. where you're there to grow yeah, as a person sure. through, like, hands-on experience. Yeah, it's really good. And, um... Sometimes I forget that the grad students also went through undergrad. So, like, and a lot of them did research while they were in undergrad. So they kind of know how I'm feeling or yeah. if I get nervous <laughs> or if I drop the samples. But um, everything's been recoverable, and I've gotten better at having less shaky hands and not tripping on steps. But <laughs> it's good, yeah. Did you do research before? Like, did you have any experience in that before? So not really. I, okay. um... At University of New Mexico in Albuquerque, I got to work, or I got to shadow a grad student for a couple months um, in high school through an outreach program, mm -hmm. um, and that was the first time I learned about optics, actually. That was really cool, but I don't think, I think I still would have gotten into it and interested in it either way, and I know a lot of the undergrads in the lab didn't have any experience before. And what do you think was something that made you stand out to, like, be able to work in the lab? I would say the biggest thing for me is, or for me, was having, like, a lot of interest. Um, so before I interviewed, like I read the papers from the group and I read up about the research. I talked to some people that had worked in the lab or had done research and I had them like read my application and mm -hmm. um, read what I sent. And yeah, I think having passion for the subject and like wanting to learn and like having that desire to like to learn and grow as a student, I would say was probably probably the most, the important, most important thing. And yeah. the most important thing to her is that we're willing to learn and make mistakes and grow from that as opposed to just like doing the project and doing the experiment but like getting excited about what this means and what the applications might be and having that aptitude to like be excited about it and yeah, want to learn sure. more how does your lab setting during research compare to a lab for a class for example okay hey y'all sorry for the interruption but i wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon so my the lab that i work in um i guess to do research in my own projects i think is a lot more fulfilling than just doing labs for classes um labs for classes you have like a set experiment you know exactly what's going to happen um, there's like a certain procedure and you follow that and then you get your results and hopefully your results are match what they're supposed to. 
Um, and I think doing research in the Armani lab for me is more like I don't know what's going to happen and I mm. don't know what the results are going to be. And that's like the beauty of it is that I don't know what's going to happen and discovering what's going to happen is so cool. And then also I get to choose. It's more focused to my specific interests. Since a lot of the labs we, we do, especially in physics, I think are pretty cool. Um, and they're pretty fun. But this is, like, a whole other level of, like, excitement because <laughs> it's, like, what I'm really interested in doing. And it's innovative and no one's yeah. really done it yeah. like you are doing it right now. Exactly, yeah. So that's that's the other thing is these physics labs that I do or the uh, material They're science universal. labs. Yeah, and, like, people have done them for years and years and years. And it's a good way for us to learn, I think, like. The concepts. The concepts, and, yeah. And understand it but in it, the physical sense. Exactly, exactly. And so they're definitely super valuable, but doing something for the first time and you know that like, it's not been done before is, like, so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting. And would you say that that's your favorite part, or do you have something else that is your favorite? That's probably my favorite, like, I- idea of it, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, um, when I talk about my research and when I think about it, to know that I'm doing this, like, really innovative new thing is really awesome. Um, and then, I guess, practically, like, when I'm actually working in the lab, my favorite part is getting to see the things that I develop and, um, I guess, experiment with actually, like, work and apply themselves in the ways that we hope they would theoretically is really, really cool. Um, So basically, a few weeks ago, we tried one of um, some devices that some other people made. And so basically, these lasers are, like, little super tiny glass donuts. Mm -hmm. And you put a laser beam next to it, and the little donut, um, the material inside of it gets excited and emits red light, which is red laser light because it's very narrow. That's the goal of the project. And we got a new blue laser, and which is the light that we put next to the little glass donut. Um, And then emits the red light? Yes, and and I saw it emitting, and it was so bright. And I was so excited and just, like, I took so many pictures and it was just so <laughs> exciting to see things work. Yeah. And see this thing that I've been so interested in and that feels so distant and out of reach because maybe I don't learn about these specific things in class and to actually see them applied in the real world, like, right in front of my eyes and know that, like, this is something that I'm working on and I have, mm-hmm. like, a foot in and have influence in is really cool. That's awesome. What is, like, what are some of the tools that you use in your lab? Yeah, so the process for... The project that I'm working on is basically I start in a wet chemistry lab environment and then I go to an optical testing environment. So in the chemistry lab, um, I get to use the glove box. So that was so fun the first time I did that because I felt like a mad scientist. Just like my hands inside the, <laughs> the glove box <laughs> with all the like chemicals. And we so we use like the standard chemistry lab equipment like fume hoods and pipettes and like beakers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then we also have... These furnaces that heat up our material a lot so that they can um, be formed into the little toroids that are the, mm. the donuts. Uh, the donuts. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best way. That's to how I would describe it. them, and it's just now the I'm best hungry. way <laughs> to show them. Yeah, and then those get processed in a clean room, but the grad students generally do the clean room processing, okay. which turns them into the little donut in the optical testing setup where I spend the most of my time. Um, We have several different lasers for different types of projects. Um, I use a blue laser. We have, it's basically on these optical tables um, that are floating tables. So when you, so they don't vibrate a lot because our setups are very, very sensitive because the objects are so small. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have those tables and like when you press on them, they like absorb the shock. That's cool. 
Um, we use, we have like some computer software that controls like a function generator and an oscilloscope so we can monitor the electrical signals as mm -hmm. well as the um, light intensity signals that come through our devices. And then we also use optical fibers. So a lot of times people think of those as for communication, but for this, this is how we get the light to go from the laser into the little donut. Um, and for that, we have to pull them really, really thin so that the light can escape. So we have this setup called the taper puller, and we basically uh, take the optical fibers and light them <laughs> so they get really warm, like with just mm. with a regular lighter and stretch like them. A, yeah, a, yeah. Like that was one of my biggest challenges that I couldn't light the like, lighter with my left it's actually, hand. It's, it's so, so hard. hard. Yeah, yeah. And with your left hand? Yeah, because the way it's set up, I have to do it with my left hand. It's so difficult. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, That's the just... hardest part of the lab. Like, not working with lasers, but no, working with the lighter. The lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we pull those really thin. Um, yeah, so it's it's been really cool. And yeah. do you feel like you've learned a lot of, a lot of different tools and stuff? I have, yeah. yes, yes. Especially for research-wise. So I've learned... Um, a lot of wet chemistry lab skills. Because I'm an electrical engineer, I don't take um, as many wet lab classes, mm -hmm. but getting to work in the lab and learning about the different ways chemicals mix and their behaviors and, like, also just how to use them has really been really useful. And then um, I've also learned how to use several different types of microscopes. Yeah. Um, to, look at, to look at the samples and to understand the, I guess, features of the material and also just the samples themselves. Yeah, and then I've, I've learned a lot of skills specific to my project mm -hmm. and specific tools that we use for this project. Um, and then I've also learned a lot of data analysis skills. So when we do data analysis, we use a couple different programs and we do plots and I know how to characterize the plots and fit lines to them. And so that's been really useful. So even moving forward, if I'm not using the exact same things, you the ideas, the right, it. exactly, yeah. exactly. And I can apply it to... Whatever I go into the future, whether it's graduate school or industry, I feel like mm -hmm. all, everything I'm learning will be useful. Right now, I'm loving research, and I'm pretty sure that I'll um, apply for graduate schools. Yeah, because I really enjoy that innovation that we were talking about earlier yeah. and getting to, like, yeah, discover things. Um, I think really that's why we all become engineers, because yeah. we want to solve problems. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. cool that in a research setting, you're able to solve them day-to-day, -day really, and then right. see the outcome of it. Right, and it's really cool to take things that are, like, theoretical and then apply them and make them not theoretical and make them, like, tangible and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So right now I think, at least through undergrad, I plan on staying involved in research and continuing that because it is really interesting and I want to see the projects through. And I'm learning so much, and it's it feels like I'm applying everything that I'm learning in class. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, when I first came to college, I was a little bit worried that, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to use this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but even my math and physics classes, which are super general, I use stuff that I've learned from them in the lab. And that's really cool to see yeah. everything start to come together. Cause like, oh, yeah, this is why I struggled with this concept because it is important for real life. Exactly, exactly. Because, yeah, in, even in high school, sometimes it felt like the classes were very separate from each other and everything was very compartmentalized and... And especially through the lab, I'm like, everything has a purpose. Everything I'm doing in school has a reason. That's awesome. So, yeah. And do you recommend getting involved with research to, like, an incoming freshman? I would say definitely try it. Mm -hmm. I know it's not for everybody. Some people 
prefer to do like design teams and their own yeah, projects, yeah. but I say definitely try it because it's a really good way to f- a figure out if you want to go to graduate school. Um, like I didn't even consider it before I got into the lab, and now it's like probably gonna happen. Yeah. Um, so I would say definitely try it because it's a great learning opportunity, and you can develop a lot of skills and meet a bunch of new people mm-hmm. that have similar interests to you. Um, and I think it's a really good way to see your classes in action. And yeah. it's and for me, it's a lot of fun. Like I always look forward to going in. Um, I go in after my classes are done for the day and I just like will spend hours and hours in there because I love it mm-hmm. and I enjoy being in there. Um, so for me, it's a lot of fun too. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So I would say definitely, I would definitely recommend trying it as mm-hmm. like an incoming student. Um, and USC in particular, I feel like has so many opportunities. Like so many of my friends that came started as soon as they freshman year, freshman year, yeah. first semester, a couple weeks in started doing research. Um, I waited till my sophomore year. And it's been it's been really good. Okay, well, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Juan, why don't you introduce yourself? Ooh. Um, so I am Juan. Juan Rincon. I'm from Florida originally, actually, which both Camila and I kind of share, which is funny. Um, we didn't exactly <laughs> go to the same high school, but I'm from around the same parts. And now I'm here. I'm a sophomore. I'm now studying industrial and systems engineering, but I started off uh, civil environmental. So I've kind of been around the block, but I have enjoyed my two years here. Cool. Awesome. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about the lab that you worked in? Hey, everyone. This is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Mm-hmm. So I worked in the water quality research group lab under Dr. Purbazari, mm-hmm. um, and he's in, like, the civil environmental department. Um, he's been here for a long time. He's, he's great. And so I actually got to do an individual project with him over the summer. I was here the summer after my freshman year and got, like, a provost kind of a grant thing to do a thing over the summer. So I did a project based on groundwater removal from – or gasoline removal, sorry, from groundwater – and, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and it was it was nice because it was just me around for the summer with um, my professor too, Dr. P, and he was great about like kind of one-on-one mentorship with him being a, like a full faculty member, and I really appreciated that, I think. It was kind of unique from a lot of the Yeah, you got you worked had. directly with the faculty member mm-hmm. instead of like a PhD student. Yeah, it was really cool. He awesome. taught me a lot. And do you think that that kind of shaped your decision to switch to ISC because <laughs> it is it is a civil environmental I mean mm-hmm. what did you find was valuable in the work that you were doing honestly yeah I do think that um my time at the lab kind of gave me a different kind of experience into like the civil environmental like I don't know something that's not academic necessarily like mm-hmm. hands-on work and as much as I appreciated it I ended up actually once we moved to a group project after I finished but I got to work in a group for a little bit and while I was in that group with uh, two other people who were seniors two other undergrads 
um, I started to do a lot more, like, systems-type work anyways. Cool. And I was like, oh, this is kind of more interesting than, like, the... For me, at least, like, the biology of, like, the bacteria we worked with. Yeah. And, like, chemistry and stuff. I so. think that's something super interesting that was kind of hard for me. Because I was going to be environmental mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Because I care... Like, I guess what I want to do with engineering is help solve, like, environmental problems right. in the world. And I thought, okay, I have to study environmental engineering. But then you realize, really, all engineerings are interconnected. Mm-hmm. And even if you want to solve, like, those issues, you don't necessarily have to study environmental. So it's cool that you, like, knew what problems you wanted to solve, and now you kind of are able to gauge through which direction you want to solve them. And you realize you liked, like, industrial systems engineering mm-hmm. approach to it more. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah, I think that that was actually a big part of the reason I started environmental. Like, I was just confused about any kind of engineering. I knew I wanted to do some. Yeah. But because I cared about the environment, and I thought that, like, it would be awesome to, like, contribute to any cause that could improve on that. Like, I thought, like you said, that it had to be specifically environmental. But I think that I discovered, it was, like, last semester, honestly, so pretty, pretty deep into, like, my career here, that it had to be more so, like, you had to play to your strengths and what you enjoy doing, and then try to weave it towards, like, this big cause that you want to do, you know, but instead of cool just, that, like, limiting yourself. Yeah, in, the, in your research, you were able to find kind of the method that you mm-hmm. want to approach it. Yeah. Um, and so tell us a little bit more about what your specific responsibilities were in the lab, mm-hmm. and maybe how much of a time commitment it is, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I guess... Um, the summer experience is kind of different yeah. from, so you want me to speak on that well, first? Well, you, you've, you've done both, right? You've done yeah, summer I've done during the year. and then during the school year as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can talk about both. So in the summer, it was interesting because that was when I, when I really started getting into the lab. Um, I guess to, like, speak a little bit on how I kind of got into it, mm-hmm. it was, like, spring of my freshman year and kind of late into it. So during that part of the school year, it was more so meeting with the professor, um, and he was... It was kind of, like, evaluating me, like, giving me small, um, like, tasks, like, readings and journals to, like, kind of start getting in my head, like, what we were going to work on in the summer. And kind of getting you caught up with what the industry or what's going Mm -hmm. on in the field right now. Yeah, exactly. And again, since I was still just a freshman, hadn't really done a lot of this in my coursework, he was good about, like, giving me very specific things to make sure that I was prepared for the work that we were then going to do. So that was nice. And it was honestly just, like, a... I don't know, four hours a week commitment. Like, yeah. it wasn't bad. During was just, the summer? No, this was, During this the was early in the spring. Oh, okay, yeah, this okay. was before I did my big summer project. So that was like a nice, light, you know, reading-type work I did for him. And then we really got into it right when we got off for summer break. Mm. Um, and so I was here, like, living near campus and taking, like, one class, but I was mostly focused on my research, yeah. which was great because um, the provost thing that I got, like, kind of gave you kind of a stipend so that you could awesome. live around and, you know, kind of survive, which yeah. is important. Um, <laughs> But I really think it was valuable because I would go in, like, every other day, really. Um, He understood that I had a class, and so he was really flexible about it. Again, since it was just the two of us. Um, Just the two of us. It was really really fortunate um, for me, and he was great about being flexible. So in terms of that, like, I would go after classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday for, like, four hours at a time. And we would just do everything we needed to do. Um, for the week, you know, in three pieces. And it was really nice. It was, like, a good rhythm. Um, but, again, that was over the summer, so it was, like, you have a lot of free time. Yeah. Um, we still finished it off, though. Like, once once um, this year started again, I was, like, ending um, all my Provo stuff. And mm-hmm. so I guess in terms of that time commitment, it was a little harder to weave it into, like, my classes much yeah. more consistently um, and still having to put in, like, 
I guess, four times three, 12 hours a week type okay. thing. But that was just because it was, like, a really big project that I had taken on by myself. Yeah. Once you get into, like, a team thing, which is, like, I talked about the next step of what he was um, doing with me, um, then, like, you split the work a lot more evenly. It goes back to, like, a manageable three, yeah. four hours. I so think. what? what is some of kind of the technical equipment or things that you would do in the lab? Mm-hmm. Um, what's really cool is that a big part of, like, my individual project was, like, based on an apparatus that we were kind of, like... Developing. Yeah, developing, kind of doing, like, a trial and error type thing, too, mm. which I got to write a lot about in, like, um, my report, like, the process of putting this apparatus together. And so, like, basically the apparatus consisted of a big, like, plexiglass box um, that contained, like, our groundwater sample. So this mm. was, like, the contaminated stuff. Um, and then we had to, like, set up a bunch of pumps and tubing and everything to get it through our filter, which is, like, the main idea mm. of what we were trying to do. So we had this, like, vat of polluted water, and then I had to, like, kind of work on, learn a lot about, like, tubing and, like, different pump speeds um, to, like, set up a really good system that then pumped this groundwater through a, like, vertical tube cylinder mm. type thing, which was where our filter stuff was. Like, that's what we were testing, you know? Like, yeah stuff in the filter to more effectively remove this gasoline from the groundwater. So um, it was, like, really interesting because I, I had to do so much, like, hydraulic math and, like, yeah. and like learn about um, pump RPMs and, like, tubing sizes and, like, conversions and all this stuff. Um, and so, like, that was kind of separate from what I expected to do, you know? Definitely. But it was, like, part of setting up this bigger system that would then give us, like, the results in the machine and, like, the graphs mm-hmm. and data that we would then analyze to see, like, okay, this, like, chemical reaction is happening with this bacteria to, like, remove this gasoline. Awesome. And it so was- the main, um, I guess, system working to remove the gasoline was bacteria? Is that what you were testing? Yeah, kind of. It was, like, a combination of, like, a common filtration thing, which is uh, GAC, activated carbon. Okay. Uh, that's a big thing in, like, like, your Brita is probably full of... Um, GACs, yeah, Britas. <laughs> yeah, your Brita filter has all that. And so we kind of had, like, a really big Brita filter with the carbon, but then we coated it with, like, a like a bacteria thing. And that was what we were seeing, like... Um, it's, how it would perform and how effective it was. Mm-hmm. Because supposedly the bacteria really synergize well with the carbon. That's okay. the whole thing. Like, these carbon filters, like your Brita, like, mm. have a lifetime, and you send them back, and they're, like, cleaned, and it's a whole process that I think right now is mostly thermal and mm. expensive, and, like, you have to, you know, go to a plant to do it. And so the idea behind our project was that this bacteria would kind of heal the uh, carbon over time because it just gets saturated oh, with, okay. like pollutants you know yeah, yeah. and so it was like creating a good environment for that to happen because like the science behind it is there you know the yeah. bacteria want to eat all these pollutants and they're you know surrounding this carbon that's removing the pollutants from the water mm-hmm. and so we had good results too i mean that's um, awesome it was very interesting and i didn't know anything about that and now i kind of can speak on it so it's yeah cool. for sure yeah. um how do you think it, it's always like interesting for me to see how a research lab setting compares to, like, a required lab class mm-hmm. for, or lab portion of a class. So what what do you feel like is a big difference between those two? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the biggest, and this was a problem for me, so that's why I, I think that it was the first thing to come to mind. Like, I think that I was very good about following instructions, like, coming In up. lab, okay. Yeah, coming up, like, high school labs and college labs even still, like, um, that are academic based, like you'll have a whole manual, like every step, 
um, laid out for you and like the perfect measurements and all this stuff. And in like your own lab, it's more so you're kind of discovering the steps yourself and like mm. then writing it down to like create your own you know, instructions yeah. and then like be able to report on it later. Um, so that I think was a huge like wake up call for me because I had never really obviously done any kind of independent research that was like based on, you know, whatever your was own in process that you formulated. Or mm-hmm, like exactly. That. And even the trial and error thing I mentioned before, like having to go back and just be like, this didn't work, you know, <laughs> and then, like, kind of start again yeah. from there and rewrite it. Um, it's a whole, whole crazy process, but I learned a lot. It's really yeah, cool. That's awesome. So what do you think has been your favorite part? Hmm. I don't know. I think I think the um there was there's been so much cuz there's like a lot I value in terms of like that I learned. Um mm-hmm. but then also like experience-wise, like it was just like um it felt very grown up, especially over the summer. Like it helped me kind of really get into this like college is a different life because I was kind of just here to work. I was here to work in this like semi-professional setting with like this faculty member and it really gave me like some professionalism that I think I hadn't gotten a chance to acquire before. Mm. Um, and so that was, that was great. Like that's what I think will be most, you know, what will most stick with me. Like now that, for example, I'm kind of out of the civil environmental, like environment, like environment, you know? Um, (laughs) but I think that professionalism really is something that'll stick with me and, and, the professor, my professor, Dr. P, again, is, like, a big part of that. Like, he kind of taught me that that's really important and, like, that those skills that apply to so many things, not mm. just your labs in life, like, um, it's really just him being a mentor to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what most sticks with me. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to add? I, I, don't, I don't know if I have more questions. Um, to add of my own accord? I don't think so. I mean, I, we, we spoke on a bunch, and... Um, I guess just to, like, wrap up the story, because since I did switch majors, like, I mm. did end up leaving this lab. But I think that even even through that process, again, speaking on, like, the value of really good faculty members that care about undergrad students, like, he he still kind of is supporting me and tells me that, like, if even if I am industrial and systems, like, he can find a way to fit me in. So that's, like, another yeah. thing, like speaking again on the importance of knowing that you're not limited by your major in terms of mm. what you want to do um even here at usc like in your undergrad you can work in different like labs that will teach you whole different sets of skills yeah. from what you'll learn in your because um, i mean in the end i feel like in in most labs there's people from all different majors mm-hmm. and really that's what engineering is it's a collaboration of these different knowledge bases and exactly. having people that are kind of experts in the fields and different things are through their major they know more so chemistry or more so like physics mm-hmm. things like that i think it's really when all those two come together that amazing things happen exactly yeah um it's so important. it's cool that in a lab setting you can experience kind of that synergy between mm-hmm. all majors mm-hmm. um and yeah you you find your way to fit in and you find the ways that you you want to approach the problems you want to solve in the world mm-hmm. exactly so cool it's thanks nice. thanks for coming by of course i had a great time sharing my story (laughs) thank you for hearing me out yeah and with that i'd like to thank you all for listening in on this podcast i hope that you got to learn a little bit more about the different types of research you can do here on campus and how to get involved through different people's perspectives thanks for listening 
And that just about wraps up this week's episode. Thanks so much for joining us. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on SoundCloud. For our prospective students out there, make sure you're checking vitruviadmission.usc.edu for any updates on the application. And for the rest of you, keep reading our blogs and fight on. See you next week.